You all happy to be born again today? We sure are. You know, if a lot of things didn't work out in life and we didn't receive everything that we wanted to receive or experience some things we didn't, uh, we've already won and uh, things are already good for us if we're born again and have eternal security in God. Amen? Amen. Let's uh, begin. We'll pray to start today. Father, we thank you for um, another day to serve you acceptably, to walk well-pleasing before you. We ask today for the help of the Holy Spirit, for the wisdom that you give. We ask you, Father, to direct our paths Help us, Lord God, to uh, walk out the preordained, preplanned paths that you've foreordained that we should live the good life that you've called us to in Christ. Uh, Father, open our mind, our heart. Help us to see things that will help our faith to be established and to grow so that we can be more in agreement with you, more in harmony with you in all we say and all we do. And uh, Father, as disciples, ask you, teach us to pray, teach us to fellowship with you, to commune with you, to have your heart, and to be skilled, Father, by the ability that the Holy Spirit gives us to know you and to know, Father God, how to uh, pray about things that would get the maximum effectiveness. Father, we ask your blessings on all these that have gathered here to to pray. We pray, Father God, that they'll be enriched, that they'll be uh, increased, that there'll be uh, spiritual growth in their lives, Lord God, that will help them uh, to be uh, and come into all that you've purposed and planned. We give you the thanks, praise for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you will, go ahead and we'll go to Romans chapter 1. We've, of course, been talking about the epistle prayers. And uh, the epistle prayers are written for our admonition, for our examples to learn how to pray. And, uh, of course, we've spent time reviewing almost weekly that we're post-Calvary and that we are uh, brought into a new relationship with the Lord as His sons, as His daughters, and that He's our Heavenly Father and that we have the uh, present day ministry, not just the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ to our advantage of what He accomplished when He did when He was here on the earth, but uh, presently He ministers for us as our mediator and our advocate. And so uh, in light of all of those things, we have the best prayer position that any people uh, in all of time have had. And so... uh, Uh, It would be, you know, remiss if we didn't take advantage of our standing, our righteousness, our authority, and our sonship, and our relationship with the Father to, uh, you know, to be effective in prayer. So, of course, that's the purpose we've set out. And we also mentioned that 
so many things uh, that are asked for or actually would qualify in the realm of vain prayer. Uh, you know, the Bible in, G- in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, uh, When you pray, don't be as the heathen, for they think they'll be heard for their much speaking. But he said, uh, you know, uh, your heavenly Father knows what you have need of even before you ask. Yes. And so, uh, you know, spending, you know, time without end communicating the problem to God is non-profitable time because He already knows the answer before we had the problem. And so uh, we're not bringing uh, the problem to God. We're to bring God to the problem in that sense. But uh, uh, we find that, uh, you know, if we are asking God for what he's already provided for us that would be me like saying somebody please bring me some water this morning please please I need water oh please somebody get me some water I mean if it's already been given to me then that's wasted time and so uh, what God has already provided for us uh, to pray to him to try to get him to do what he's already done is wasted time what needs to happen there is what Paul prayed for the Ephesians that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened that they'd be able to clearly see what already has been done and given right and so that's praying not vain but effectively and so two things we're not to ask God for what he's already provided for us and we're not to ask God to do uh, what He's expecting us to do. I'm taking that a step further. You know, I could pray, God, get rid of the devil for me. Well, God's already told me to submit myself to Him and told me to resist the devil and he would flee from me. Well, if I'm expecting God to do for me what He already told me to do, then that's wasted motion. Or if I'm asking him for what he's already provided, that's wasted motion. So in the epistles, we find a clear revelation and light of what already has been provided for us through Christ's work on the cross. And we're taught that uh, we are to enter into rest in him. And so positionally we are in Him. Positionally we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Positionally we already have all things that pertain to life and godliness. I know there's things like, you know, the resurrection of the dead and, and uh, our eternal glory with the Lord, the future kingdom and things like that that hadn't been uh, brought about yet. But uh, we have sure confidence of those things by faith, even though that they're not available in this time frame. But so many things are as far as what relates to this natural life. It's already been provided. So it's a matter of learning to receive by faith what's been uh, provided uh, by grace. Uh, so in that light, the epistles... Uh, uh, and praying from the vantage point are the epistles are praying to see and to know what's already been provided with much thanksgiving and celebration and uh, glory given to God for uh, the work that has been done and has been finished. 
So, uh, again, a reminder, if we pray with the spirit that Paul prayed with, we're going to find ourselves uh, in the place of thanksgiving and in the place of acknowledgement of the grace of God. Uh, uh, You know, more than petitioning. So, praise uh, and uh, worship is to outweigh petitioning uh, in the... uh, in the uh, light of where we stand. Uh, Again, uh, go past the cross. God, you know, wants us to go to the cross. Uh, But don't stay at the cross. I mean, stay there in one sense that you're always thankful for what was provided there and what happened there and what Jesus did there. But go on past that to the upper room. Be filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and then don't stop there go past there into the revelation knowledge of what God and has provided for us who we are what we have in Christ Jesus in our seating and in our authority that, uh, that has been communicated to us through what Christ has done so past the cross uh, on to Pentecost and on past Pentecost into being seated in the heavenly places where we rule and reign in life through Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 So that's where we are as far as Gentile Christians. And of course that revelation came to to us uh, by God through, of course, the Holy Spirit, but the instrument, human instrument that God chose uh, and set apart from his mother's womb for that revelation of Christ to be given was Paul. So we said, you know, that, uh, you know, about half of the New Testament, of course, the epistles on back, that uh, uh, you don't find uh, in the book of Acts a record of what they prayed. You find a historical record as well as an overview of what was accomplished uh, in the church. But in the epistles, you find insight into how uh, devotionally, uh, you know, we might say, or individually, Paul prayed for different individuals and for the church. And so those are examples for us to learn to pray. Uh, we backed up and started at Romans because we said that Romans was uh, uh, not the first book written, but as far as substance, uh, the justification by faith. Uh, and the clear discourse of that uh, is the reason that Romans is put first, and probably rightly so. Uh, and so we began in Romans looking at the epistle prayers, and we began to look at the very first prayer that's recorded here. And uh, Paul said, uh, verse 8, he said, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. So... He began uh, by giving thanks for them uh, through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So Paul's manner of praying, his style of praying, uh, first evidenced his love for people. And, uh, you know, prayer, an individual that makes prayer for someone is evidence of their love. You know, if you... Uh, the Bible says Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us and of course we know that he loved us 
with an unconditional and self-sacrificing love, part of the defining of that love for us is His willingness to bear us uh, in intercession and in prayer before the Father. And so our willingness to pray for and bear others uh, shows our love for them. And so clear here, Paul, even though he had not met them personally, uh, Christ's love in him for them uh, caused him to uh, lift them up and to thank God for them and to pray for them. Right? And so uh, as we grow in that kind of love, uh, we're going to have that kind of prayer going up also for others. Uh, So he first of all thanked them. I'm reviewing a little bit. We said quickly that thanksgiving was a way of strengthening faith. When you give thanks for what God has already done in times past, it causes you to be aware of the faithfulness of God which inspires faith in you and I. Does that connect good? Uh, You give thanks and say, thank you, Lord. Well, it puts you in remembrance of God's faithfulness in times past. So it strengthens your faith to give thanks. It puts you in a suitable frame to ask God for additional grace or... uh, for help. Uh, secondly, we said thanksgiving is conducive to or tends to produce, helpful to, contribute to uh, joy. In some places, for example, in Philippians, he said, I thank my God uh, upon every remembrance of you, making prayer for you with joy. So when you start thanking God for what he's done in other people's lives as well as your own, it'll cause you to be joyful. And, of course, joy strengthens you. So it's conducive to give us joy to give thanks. And then uh, we said that uh, nothing was more calculated to dispel or get rid of gloom than uh, the cultivation of gratitude and praise. If you're praising God, it will dispel and keep uh, boredom, negativism, doubt, and unbelief out of your life. Thanksgiving is such a powerful thing in our life. Uh, So let's stay ungloomy by staying uh, grateful. And then, of course, we said that that will encourage and and give joy, cheer to others because joy is contagious and transferable. Anybody got any joy this morning? (laughs) Hey. I'm in the right place today, aren't I? And then we said that uh, joy, thanksgiving, praise, uh, godliness uh, is not commended by sadness nor sourness. So no sad Christians and no sour Christians. If you're sad or sour, you're walking in the flesh and not by faith. And any time you feel yourself sliding that direction, you need to take proactive steps to keep yourself from going into that kind of whatever you want to call it funk or or attitude or you know I just you know the more you the more you aware of these things the quicker you pick up on them I used to yield to that kind of stuff but I don't yield to it if I do it's unconscious and I get rid of it fast if I start getting a little bit of a 
uh, any kind of self-pity or any kind of gloominess or any kind of depression or any kind of fear or anxiety, immediately red flags go up and I'm like, this is not faith and I will not let myself go down this road. And I'm going to get off this road. I'm going to remind myself of God's faithfulness. I'm going to give thanks for what He's already done. I'm going to put myself in remembrance of Scripture. I'm going to uh, uh, get my mind going a whole different direction and stay out of that. Amen. 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 And so uh, faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Doubt complains, despairs, and is sad. So you can identify and locate yourself. Amen. We said that Paul, like the old covenant incense, was a compound that was a mixture uh, that our prayer life should be reflected in both its sweet aroma to the Lord, but also uh, it should be a blend of worship, thanksgiving, praise, petition, so it's a blend. Again, staying away from just gimme, 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 gimme. We looked some at Hezekiah and different ones that said that they didn't render according to the benefit that was done to them and that we cautioned ourselves to stay away from an I deserve it attitude and that you can't be gracious to someone that feels like they deserve it. If they feel like they deserve it, then they feel like it's owed them. But that's the opposite of grace, so you can't show grace to someone that feels like they're owed something. So uh, we should uh, work on keeping free of a people owe me or God owes me anything. Sometimes people with, for example, with healing, they're like, well, you know, uh, I remember Brother Hagin told a story about laying hands on a woman in a church and and he said when he laid hands on her, she said, now Lord, uh, you know, you need to heal me because I'm the best Christian in this church. And she didn't get healed. (laughs) Although she was very faithful and served continuously. In the same healing line, there was a man that was uh, more out of church than in church, more down than up. And he had a major situation and needed an operation, and he got healed. And afterward, the pastor uh, said uh, to Brother Hagen, a uh, day after or something, said, uh, he said, i got a question for you that's bothering me. And he said, what is it? And he said, well, why did this guy get healed that his spiritual life is not very consistent? And he's definitely not a, uh, an example of you know what it be to be a, a mature Christian or a stable Christian. He said, and this lady didn't get healed. Uh, and she's, you know, here every service and da-da-da-da-da. And so he recounted to him what the lady had said. And so uh, sometimes people can't see that connection and say, well, you know, what does, you know, you know, what's, what is wrong with saying, Lord, heal me because I've taught Sunday school and I've, uh, uh, you know, baked pies for so-and-so and did that. We'll just take that a step further. What would be uh, the the same thing as saying, Lord, I baked pies for so-and-so and I taught Sunday school and I went to church, so save me. Yeah. You're basing it on works. Yeah. And the I deserve it because of merit right. as opposed to what Jesus did. Right. Right. So if you can't get saved 
uh, on your works and you trust Christ completely and rest in the works he did, then it's the same thing with getting answered prayer in any area. It's not based on how perfect of a Christian we've been. It's based on the covenant that Jesus entered into the Father that as our representative. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to bless you because you're bad and <laughs> and live disobediently, but you can get over on the work side that you're, you're like, uh, well, I deserve this, and no. And so, um, you know, it's just better to live by grace. You know, there's a parable... Uh, that Jesus told about the laborers that, that, you know, the first ones that came got hired, uh, you know, and they worked a contract out for a certain amount of price. And then he went back, the owner did of the vineyard, and uh, found some more at noon and hired them. And then two, and then uh, middle of the afternoon, and finally he hired some right before the sun went down. And so when they got paid at the end of the day, he called those that had just worked like an hour and gave them a full price of a day. <laughs> so work. And then the others, it said that they assumed, and it's always, you don't assume with God, okay? The Bible says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So they were assuming they were going to get more because they had borne the heat of the day. And so they said, you're not fair. You're not right because we bore the heat of the day and you gave these guys the same money that uh, that we getting, and uh, he actually was really kind of strong in his reply. He said to him, "Didn't we? Didn't you agree at that price?" And he said, "If I want to be good and benevolent, and it's my money, can I be good to these people if I want to give them some?" And uh, and so he leveled the table back, and so. Uh, we're we're all in this by grace. <laughs> now, thank God we're going to be rewarded for our good works. And I don't want to get off in the ditch on that side because you want to work for the Lord. But uh, it's just better to keep a non-deserving uh, attitude as much as possible. And even in life, you know, uh, you can, with your kids, uh, with birthdays or your spouse, with your anniversary... Uh, <laughs> you'll have less disappointments if you uh, have expectations that you deserve people treating you a certain way. And so if you're like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't expect anything from anybody but I'm thankful for anything anybody does, then you'll stay better adjusted in life and have to deal with a whole lot less offense because if you're just like I don't deserve you you know I mean if somebody cuts you off or something or you know well you know it's easy to think well I don't deserve to be treated that way well you know if you're like well the world's full of people that are in their own world (laughs) and you know I don't deserve royal treatment from anybody or preferential treatment for anybody so if I don't get it it don't mess my day up right and then uh, you know this will help your relationships to be a whole lot better 
well, you didn't remember me on my birthday or you didn't get me something for Christmas. Well, who said you deserved it? (laughs) He didn't send me flowers. (laughs) Well... When did you send him flowers? (laughs) You know, people get so locked into thinking about what they should be, how they should be treated that they, you know, it'd just be, you'd be so much happier if you're just like, hey, I didn't deserve anything. You know? Now, I'm not talking about abuse and misuse here, people. But at the same time, you don't have to have your world messed up because somebody uh, forgot to treat you a certain way. <laughs> now that's big boy and big girl stuff. So, <laughs> you know, it's not for whiny babies and the faint-hearted to, you know, just say, hey, I'm well adjusted without anybody having to do anything. And so, uh, you know, there's joy in life in being able to share with uh, uh, you know those that the Lord has placed in our life, and so there is some obligation owed in love to be thinking of the other person. But as far as what's coming back your direction, staying free from a "I deserve it" attitude and staying thankful. I mean, like I mean, say somebody didn't do something for me today. Well, praise God, God did. I got fresh air. I got food. I can see. I can hear. Yeah. I had a good vehicle to drive here. I had a house to live in. I got good clothes. I mean, you know, I got good friends, or I think I do. <laughs> and if I don't, the Lord will get me some more. <laughs> so, you know, I can be happy no matter what. Because my happiness is not in other people's head, and I don't have an I deserve it attitude. And this is just kind of family fungus that comes with everybody's family tree. This selfishness to think about myself. And I've had a lot of it in my life, but a lot of it's got scraped off in the last few years too. So, you know, the Holy Spirit will scrape some of it off. And uh, the more you get scraped off, the more useful you are to be a blessing because then you realize, well, I'm here to be a blessing to someone else, not for everyone else to, you know, pull out the red carpet and crown me with a 21-gun salute every day, you know. And then you're easier to live with, get along with, and you're more beneficial to society and other people that are around you. You know, the true definition of Christianity and of Christ-likeness is, part of it is Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so this is strength, and this is uh, actually the nature and entering into the fellowship of the Lord to be here for a purpose other than just to have something done for us. Selah. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, some of the stuff you preach, you're like, am I doing any good on practice now? I think I am. I need to grow myself here. So... uh, Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good. So, uh, 
We don't have an I deserve it attitude. I actually dislike people saying that. Uh, Will you, you know, something good happened. They say, well, you deserve that. I'd rather it be said different. I'd rather it just be said, God is really good. And... uh, and it's, it's a blessing that God's enabled us to have this or do this or this worked out. Amen. And that way it just kind of, you know, is, uh, is more glorifying to God than absolutely I did deserve this, you know. Uh, if I got what I deserved, you know, I mean, I'm not belittling myself. I love myself. And I have a healthy self-image. But at the same time, if I had gotten what I did deserve, other than what God has done for me, I'd just be, you know, death-bound, hell-bound, curse-inflicted, and uh, and have a short, premature life of sickness and disease and, and split hell wide open. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. <laughs> but He came, and He saved me, and He saved you. And... He was willing to prefer us to Himself, laying aside His deity. It said He thought it not robbery to, you know, to be equal with God. That's kind of archaic King James, but it, what it's saying is when it thought, He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, uh, He was so condescending and willing in love to come and lower and humble himself so that we could be saved that he relinquished all of his privileges as the omnipotent omniscient second person of the Godhead to be made flesh and dwell among us and then the Bible says he came to his own and then when he came his own received him not he suffered rejection at the hand of the people that he created in the world that he made and you know, uh, you know, I don't know how many of us would have put up with that, but uh, we'd have started a new human race almost immediately. <laughs> I made you, and I made the earth and the air that you breathe, and you're gonna reject me. <laughs> we'll see, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> And he just kept on humbling himself to please the Father by not only being laying aside his deity, being born uh, at uh, part of the race of human beings as the seed of Abraham, but then submitting to death. Amen. How low can you go? Then you can go one step lower than that. He, the death that he uh, actually experienced was the criminal's death which was the death of the cross. You know, the cross, uh, Paul talked about the offense of the cross. In Jesus' time, the cross, you know, today people wear crosses and have crosses on their Bible cover and their bumper sticker, and the crosses are, are you know, kind of a, a highly, you know, thought of symbol. But in the days of Christ, the cross was similar to what... Uh, uh, we would, uh, you know, maybe associate with electric chair or with lethal injection. It would be like in those days wearing a needle that symbolized, uh, you know, 
uh, lethal ejection or wearing an electric chair on a necklace. The cross was the lowest criminal death. And he went that far. He died on a cross. The Bible says, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Right? And so Jesus was just... The the humility and the condescension uh, for God to lower himself and to follow in obedience to that is just absolutely staggering. It's the very opposite of Satan who wanted to exalt himself and said, I will ascend to the throne of God. I will be like the Most High. I will do this and I will I'll walk up and down on the, you know, the, the jewels of God. I, you know, He exalted Himself whereas Jesus was just the reverse. He humbled Himself. The backside of pride is Satan was cast out and forever judged. The backside of humility is they that humble themselves shall be exalted and they that exalt themselves shall be humbled and it's a spiritual law and principle and so Jesus humbled himself and the next part of that passage in Philippians 2 says wherefore God has highly exalted him given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus every kneel bow every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father can you say amen and so uh, it's a wonderful thing to be called to be a servant of the Lord and to be a blessing to follow God's plan. Uh, we have no made no headway at all into Romans 1. <laughs> but I'm going to stop here so that we can pray a few minutes before we go. Amen. Amen. Let's just glorify the Lord for what He's done for a few minutes. Father, we're so thankful. Thank You, Father, for the great plan of redemption. Thank you that so that you so desired us in your love that you eternally had planned to reconcile us through Christ. And Father, uh, we can't deny this great love that you've loved us with has won our heart so that we want to give all to you. And Father, I know that these that are gathered here with me this morning, they are yours And that because they realize your great love, uh, that you've called them uh, into fellowship with your Son, that they uh, have opened their hearts and their lives to you to serve you with uh, a loyalty and with, uh, uh, Father God, with a consecration, Father God, that's well-pleasing to you. And so, Father, we present ourselves with thanksgiving in, in awe of what you have done for us in fear, uh, reverential fear of your greatness. Lord, we know you're our daddy, our father, and we're your children, but at the same time, Father, we also realize that we're human and that you are eternal spirit and that your grandeur, your majesty, your glory is exceedingly beyond anything that we can even conceive with our natural mind. And because of your greatness, your holiness, your perfection, your majesty, your great uh, unconditional love, everything good is of you and by you and through you. And Lord God, you alone are to be hallowed, venerated, praised, and glorified today. 
And so, Father, angels worship you in heaven. You said your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We worship you here this morning on earth. Be glorified. Be magnified. Father, we pray for this church, uh, Faith Builders Family Church. We believe that this church was directed and brought into existence by you and that it was your plan. Uh, Father, I'm first and free to admit that I could have done better as a leader of this church. But Father God, uh, what you have planted, you said that you were able to uh, cause to thrive and grow and to develop and flourish. And so Father, we ask that your grace, that your fertilizer of your divine spirit and your goodness be upon every person, Father God, that's called this their church home. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Father, uh, as we sing, I'm a, a stone in the living in this house, and in it I'll grow. We thank you, Father God, uh, that everybody is growing here. Everybody is encountering you here. Everybody has spiritual enlightened eyes here. That, Father, every uh, attack of the enemy and every lie and every uh, cloud that beclouds the clarity uh, of the horizon is blown away by the winds of the Spirit today. Oh, thank you, Father, that people can see clearly your plan, your purpose for their life, your answers to their complexities. Father God, thank you that those that are sick will be healed. Those that are discouraged will be encouraged. Those that are pained will be comforted, Lord God. Those, Father God, that are just tired, Father God, that they'll be refreshed. And that those, Father God, that doubt themselves will have confidence and, and, uh, and security in you, Lord. Father, we thank you for some of heaven on earth today. Thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Father God, we just surround everyone with faith and love. We pray, Father, that those that have spoken negatively and been critical, Lord God, and, and Father God, may not lack like another person's personality, Lord God, that they'll see them in your light and that they will love and lay down their life for them. We pray, Father, that your love would abound in us more and more in all knowledge and in all discernment that we may try things that are excellent uh, and that we would be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness which are under your praise and under your glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we asked you what Paul prayed for the Colossians church, that you fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we would walk uh, worthy unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened, Lord, every one of us strengthened, Lord, with all might according to your glorious power unto all longsuffering and patience with joyfulness. Giving thanks, Father. Giving thanks, giving thanks, because you've qualified us. You've made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. You've delivered us, Lord, from the authority of darkness. And you've translated us into the kingdom of the Son of your love. Hallelujah. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the remission of our sins. Thank you, Father God. 
O Pashindas Galgango, Lobres Gelegi, Vopachisto O Canchera Crantasco, Fenambro Ushkenegli in Amavra Abatura. Felvreto Shimira Krasense, Kalgingo San Costo Ochi Mataru, Favra Bratakatsil, Fafefri and Deba, Pabason Kivan Vega, Mel Kachido Skoloko Tura, Brahati Kivinga Agatura, Andakalimichengos, Bubra Heinstegito Kora de Galo Frakelche, Lesson Solte Enedro Shemokora Sanglago, Feblili Livija Emanurikra, Hishinepli Engo Sokoto Undo Reteka. Keep, Lord God, Mavrieto Kora Songli, Esto Chito, Skavanko Tura Anando, Felbruda Shingeda. Father, we pray that we would be one in unity as you and the Son and the Spirit are one. Lord, may everything that destroys unity and opens the door to the devil be uh, stopped and may it be, uh, Father God, uh, impeded in the name of Jesus. Kojin givro oskon terra, prosato skenteba bangos. Mejentas skenteven for grabravo. Beba sotodo inishti egegalontura anara iblis. Vaidi brosakati shekel vukan tiveka. Lobra aishan vaginga andagolotura. Crescent sapacato. Theo brosele prastici and sosto ociento. Colit Vendieto Scanciana, Fevriana Prasen Kivan Fagalebra, Jedevan Vora, Vuvan Vidid Inglesen Sakatos de Mingito Cora Prona Nachi in Scantana Mavra. Thank you, Lord. O Sakiba Bagato Cora Dengas. Hallelujah. Father, we just come against any spirit of division that would try to come into this place in the name of Jesus. Yes. We bind it, we render it powerless because this is one body, one Lord, one body with one Lord in the name of Jesus. Yes. And Father, we speak boldness, encouragement. And Father, we just speak of boldness and we come against any inferiority in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that there's an anointing, an increase in the anointing. And there's a boldness and signs and wonders and miracles follow the word because the word is preached here, pure and unadulterated. And Father, we thank you for increase in every area. We call in the people from the north and the south and the east and the west. And we say, come, for this is your church home. Come in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we thank you that every need is met according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Father, we give you honor and we glory. Yes. Holy presence in this place. Father, we call you and we invite you to come and incubate this place, Father, with your presence in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We speak boldness, boldness, boldness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we give you honor and glory and praise and thanksgiving. And we thank you that only your plans and purposes will go forth in this place in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I agree. Hallelujah. Well, let's praise God. Hallelujah that He's at work. Thank You, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for all the good things. Good things. Good things. Yidala Sogita. Hogan Shiko Sankovro Olamate. Felvratala Paquitas. Imba Cayego Corademos. Thank you, Lord, for good things. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand and transition. Just keep the same thing you got on the inside in the next part of the service. And uh, let's just continue to believe God. You know, you you guys, this group here is one of the easiest groups to preach to. Uh, and it all depends on where your heart is at with the Lord, what the Lord gives. Amen. And, uh, you know, I come in here and just, you know, have abundant utterance. Now, I, you know, sometimes it's more challenging with, uh, you know, with the group uh, uh, on Sunday morning. It's probably in order, this group is the easiest, the Wednesday night group is second easiest, and Sunday morning group <laughs> is, the, uh, is uh, you know, the next. But uh, that's changing. Amen. Love never fails. Amen. Love never fails. Yeah. And as you get up and you, just, and, and you preach the Word, the order of the Lord is yeah. Change Sunday mornings. Yeah. Amen. So y'all just uh, we're agreeing together that God is helping people to get in a spiritual place Amen. of mind, so that when they come on Sunday morning, that they're in a position to receive, Amen. and not just so caught up uh, in uh, natural life that they're uh, they're dull or just unresponsive. And so uh, we've asked the Lord, and the Lord is helping. And He's helping me. I probably need the most help of everybody. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're moving in the right direction. So I appreciate y'all praying. Appreciate your dedication to, to, you know, to make a supply of the Spirit in that regard. So God bless you and reward you. So we're dismissed for today. <laughs> this message has been brought to you by Faith Builders Family Church. To learn more, please visit our website, www.faithbuilderschurch.net.